Good and tug. Mm. Is that a Dave? Is that a thing? Dave. Uh, you're listening to the Dollop. It's an American history podcast. Each week, I read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Don't light that money, sir, sir, Why? sir, Why? sir. America sir? don't matter no sir, more. Sir, sir, you're not going to be lighting currency on my table, sir. <coughs> oh, God, I hurt oh, myself. Jesus Christ. <coughs> Have you never over. smoked ones before? I'm dying. God, do you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are <laughs> Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. So, uh, first of all, this podcast is on the All Things Comedy Network. Go to allthingscomedy.com. You can see a lot of great uh, podcasts there, like uh, Bill Burr. Uh, what is Dude, what is Jose doing? Come on. Was he just scratching at the door like he was getting out of here? No, he's, he scratches at the wall. Scratches he, at the wall. Dude, we just went through a, this, the last episode. Can you, you know, be good? He, you know, he's a cat, right? Yeah, but he's normally he can normally have one where he's chilled out. Well, maybe he's tired of you fucking running away all the okay, time. Here we go. And then you come back all and right. okay, Jose. You know he, what? You said he gets scratched the chair. Yeah, but it's gonna be loud. That's a green light scratch. God, People don't know, care. People love. All right, I didn't realize you were a cat lawyer. Well, you're just see now he left of his own volition. You know what? I am a cat lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> come on, we just got out of bro court. <laughs> so. uh... uh we want to thank all of our subscribers on Patreon. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Just like, uh, you know, you just go over there. You give like, eight podcasts a month. You give a buck. That's like uh, $4 each. It's very exciting. That yep. joke, I'm never going to stop doing that. Yeah. Because it's the you greatest, get. the math thing. I'm, why would I stop? March 22nd, 1872. Okay. Edgar Randolph Parker was born in New Brunswick, Canada. When he was nine, he decided to become a chicken farmer. Well, it's a, a very ambitious. Why? It's early. Well, but they started early back Still. then. Still. He bought a hen and 13 eggs. Okay. From, uh, from Mrs. Frazier, an elder, elderly lady in the neighborhood. Okay. Uh, that she's the one who worked and tossed salad and scrambled eggs? That's her. Okay. Uh, that didn't work out. His next business venture was selling dulce. Dulce? That's a kind of edible seaweed. Boy, he's really, he's popping. Uh, that didn't work either. He spent his teenage years working as a peddler in a semen. Whoa. A peddler in a semen? What is? That's a loud Jose. <laughs> we, uh, he does actually need a mic. He does need a mic. He's very loud. Um. Yeah, and then when he was 17, he considered becoming a doctor. Okay, sure. Once you cash on the seaweed biz. Quote, it seemed to me that all the doctors did was to stroll around in white coats with great dignity and look cool. Is he wrong? <laughs> Is he wrong? I can't really disagree. Honestly, after, after working on the book, the one thing I think you realize is that it, for a long time, it took nothing more than just 
kind of just taking the jump. It's almost like being an actor. Yeah. You could just be like, I'm an actor now. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. I had an audition. I'm an actor. That's, I looked at a guy's arm. I'm a doctor. That's exactly what it was. Uh, it, uh, quote, he's still quoting. It didn't appear that they had to work very hard. They just looked scholarly and mysterious and prescribed sales. It looked like a good life. I knew I could look as mysterious and all-knowing as the next guy if I had one of those white coats on. <laughs> wow, he really was just like, it's all disguise-based. <laughs> it is a jacket-based industry. Yeah, it's a coat-based job. It really is. His mother was You a- could be a captain if you get a sailor's hat. But his mother was a Christian scientist. Okay. And the idea of her son being a doctor was horrifying to her. Well, did she understand that he was just going to be putting on a white coat? I yeah, I don't I I don't think she did. Okay. So Edgar decided against becoming a doctor and went and saw a phrenologist. Okay. In the, the 1800s, phrenology was pretty common. The stu- the the what that is the study of a head, right? Bumps out of your head? What they would do is analyze the bumps on your skull and figure out and your character and what you should do. So they just know, kind of like braille that. you into an occupation? Like a, like a, yeah, like an employment counselor. Right. Well, you've got a lot of bumps here. You oh. should work in. You should be a car driver. Oh, you should definitely work with cars. Have you heard of Uber? You should definitely do Uber. This Actually, not... you've got so many bumps, you might be more Lyft. If so. <laughs> This was not considered bizarre at the time, and it was, was as respected as much as psychiatry. So, God, that must just be a great oh, gig. Oh Talk about, I mean, easier than putting on a lab coat. Fucking. Oh, yeah. Feel the guy's head. That's it. Oh, oh you need to oh. fish. <laughs> you need to fish. You do. You, it's an injustice oh, if you're not God. fishing. Feel I've your bumps. Fed. Look at this one right here. It likes, it's like you have horns. It's crazy. Uh, so according to Edgar, the phrenologist said, quote, uh, his chart shows he is outstanding along the medical lines and that he cares about people's health. He so ra- he's a doctor. He rates up well in other lines, too, scientific, commercial and professional. However, in the final analysis, it all points to one thing. He would make a good dentist. Oh, no. M- worse. Why? Because I feel like as a doctor, you're just going to, like he was saying, you're just sort of like prescribing things. Yeah. Now he's going to have to actively be inside of the skin. Well, wait a minute. We've, I mean, come on. All the stuff we've heard about doctors, they 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 go deep inside of skin. He, yes. He doesn't, it didn't sound like he wanted to be that kind. Right. It didn't sound like he was the scalpel kind. It well, sounded like he just wanted to con it up. Well. You can't con as a dentist and be like, well, I threw some sugar on your teeth. Uh, you'll be living forever now. So that was enough for Edgar. A man had felt his skull, and clearly he was meant to work in teeth. In 1889, Edgar began attending the New York College of Dentistry. Many of the other students were learning and studying. Edgar was more of a go-getter and decided to work his way through dentistry as a dentist. Don't. don't. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. He, uh, What better way? Quote. I was getting enough to eat uh, via. Uh, I was going. I was out getting enough to eat via door-to-door dentistry. I carried my tools with me. I'd put my foot in a door and give a spiel patterned after the one I gave as a peddler. If I sold some dentistry, I'd start with the cook's teeth. If I didn't kill the cook and he was lucky, I'd eventually wind up working on the teeth of the lady of the house. So it sounds like he had a very low bar. 
Yeah, if the cook didn't die, <laughs> he was good. Basically, that's what he's saying. And he's just giving, like, the same spiel. Yeah. Oh, God. But it didn't go... Door-to-door dentistry. That's uh, the best kind. Not, I bet not... you didn't know you had cavities, did you, ma'am? Just a knock on the door. Hello, ma'am. How I... are you? Mind if I go inside your head? <laughs> But it didn't go as smooth as one would have hoped. Apparently, a few people asked questions about the guy who just showed up at their door wanting to work on their mouth. Good. They would ask if he was trained, and he'd reveal he was currently studying, and they'd tell him to come back when he had studied enough to begin working on people. Fair. When the university learned Edgar was out trying to make some bucks before he was ready, he was expelled from school. Dentistry school. I think that that's not good for our story. <laughs> you don't know that. I do. You don't know that at all. I know that a lot. Might be fine. Uh, something tells me he just graduated in his mind. Uh, so, uh, so he gets kicked out. Oh boy, where'd it go? Oh gosh, everything moved. This is embarrassing. Okay. So uh, he goes back to New Brunswick and worked. As a dentist. As a dentist. <laughs> sure. Of course. Why wouldn't you? A door-to-door dentist. Sure. Yep. Doing this, he made enough money to go to the Philadelphia Dental College of Hospital of Oral Surgery. He graduated with his class of three other students in 1892. Okay. All right. So, he's, so it wasn't as bad as he thought it would be. I'm nervous. Now he had a degree. He then returned to New Brunswick and opened up a dentist office. He took what was known at the time as the ethical route. Okay. That meant he would not chase down or solicit for customers. <laughs> okay. At that time at dental school, they were taught that it was unethical to solicit work directly. So no barking. No barking, no, uh, yeah, trying to get people in off the street or trying to put ads on papers. Ma'am, on. how are you? How are you, ma'am? Hey, lady, lady, how are your teeth? How are your teeth, lady? How you... Hey, sir, how are your teeth doing? Sir, sir you... your insides just look like a used work. Excuse me, ma'am. Gotta, uh, let me help you with those molars, ma'am. Ma'am, ma'am, the molars. Hey, let's get my fist in your mouth. Ah, uh, come on. Okay, so none of that. They, uh, they were also taught at school that it was acceptable to find work by joining clubs and to never decline an invitation to be seen at a public place. It really is like acting. Like it's they're talking bizarre. about networking. It's completely insane. Go to the clubs. Go to all the hot clubs where all the dentists are hanging out. The A-list dentists. Unfortunately, this wasn't a time when people took care of their teeth. Checkups were pretty rare. And with other dentists already established in town, it was rough going. Okay. One problem Edgar had was he was still known for being a bit of a punk when he was younger. So he thought joining his local church might help his reputation and get him some patience. Oh, God. But that didn't work right away. So he then attended both Sunday services to appear to be even more into God. Jeez. He started sitting in the front pew at church and carrying a big Bible around. He started volunteering at the church, teaching Sunday school. <laughs> all because he wants patience. <laughs> Quote, I was determined to be ethical at all costs. <laughs> That's not how ethics work. <laughs> but six weeks into opening his office, he had not gotten one patient. Jenny <laughs> and he was sick of God. One day, Edgar offered to make new dentures for a local sign painter, and in return, he wanted a sign for his office. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, now open. 
the painter said he wanted the dentures first. So Edgar made the dentures. Sure, make the drop first. Right? So Edgar made the dentures, and the painter loved them. So he made a huge sign with gold paint. Whoa. Edgar was so embarrassed by how enormous and flashy it was that he asked the painter to hang it up at night so no one would see it being installed. When he came to work the next day, he was expecting a long line of people. Boy, this guy lived in a fun little world, huh? <laughs> From the sign. Lived in a fun little up. fantasy land, huh? <laughs> Holy moly, you see this guy's sign? Let's Buddy, I wish you hadn't used so much gold. There's only so many hours in a day. But no one was there. Huh? Then uh, the next day, when he came to work, the sign was gone. Uh, boy, really? It's not working. Good run. That evening, he discovered his sign had been hung on the front of the train station's outhouse. Oh, God. What? <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, kids have always been funny. This was probably done by another dentist who was more ethical. Oh, uh, <laughs> mad. No, at he wasn't. Sign. He was mad at the big sign. But those aren't, that's not, that's he's not ethics. ethics. No, those aren't ethics. Well, it was then. <laughs> that night when it was dark, he went back and retrieved his sign and put it back on the front of his office. Oh, my God. And then it happened. Oh, dear. A customer came in. He was a tourist. He must have been so excited. And he needed a tooth pull pulled. Oh, gosh. Parker said it would cost $1. The tourist countered 75 cents. Oh, my God. And he took it. Okay. In over three months in business, he brought in a total of 75 <laughs> cents. <laughs> so that's not a lot of money. Don't mess this up yet. Even, even for Act like you've been here before. So he needed money. He was hungry or... As he said, quote, just a plain old empty stomach that chattered louder the arguments of dental associations of America made. So basically, he's hungry. He's turning to turn against ethics. Okay. Edgar then wrote a sermon on the evils of neglecting one's mouth, and he went to a nearby town to see how people would respond to it. So he stood in the town and he gave a lecture. And he offered to extract teeth for 50 cents each and said he would give five bucks to anyone who felt pain. On the painless end, he had a tool that he called hydrococaine. Oh, wow. If you ever put, I'm in. If you ever put cocaine in your mouth, you will know this was very successful. Oh. So he would just squirt cocaine with a syringe into the guy's mouth around the tooth and then yank That's it. a procedure you can take. You don't even need the tooth <clears throat> extraction. Yeah. Just go town-to-town mouth-numbing. He removed 33 teeth. Wow. 12 people, and not one yelled out in pain. But they all wouldn't stop talking. Although, apparently, it was still painful for... He was called Painless Parker after that. Oh, boy. A nickname that stuck. Within a couple of weeks, he was bringing in 50 bucks a day. Wow. What? Pulling teeth, baby. Gosh, that, that's supposed to be like a bad thing. It's no, like pulling teeth. No. He set out on the road yanking teeth. He would borrow a rocking chair in each town to perform the yankings. Sometimes state laws wouldn't let him practice in specific states, and other times the local dental authorities would thwart him because they didn't want the competition. For example, on his 21st birthday, he was arrested in Victoria, Canada for practicing without a dental license. But wait, he, didn't he have a license? He must not have one in Canada, or maybe oh. he just didn't have one in the town. Oh, okay. 
Eventually, he moved to New York City and started a practice that was very successful, mostly because of the endless self-promotion and advertising. Sometimes he'd apparently feel bad about his way of doing things and would try to work like a more ethical dentist. But then he would give it all up. Yeah. It wasn't going well, and he fell upon hard times. Uh, By now, he had a family, and he didn't just have himself to think about. So he went full bore into the Painless Parker ways when he turned his career over to P.T. Barnum's former PR man, William Beebe. Whoa, that is... I mean, that's lean into it. That's uh, you know what I mean. Lean into it. BB uh, yeah. used the autobiography of P.T. Barnum as his guide and created ad campaigns and PR stunts to make a celebrity out of Painless Parker. Parker's dental building in Brooklyn had huge signs all over it. They read, "I am positively in painless dentistry." Yes, me, Painless Parker. The it on the sign was over 10 feet tall. Oh, my God. Another sign in front of the building. Painless Parker, preeminent, par excellent, positively painless perfection of practice and philanthropically predisposed to popular prices. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. BB had performers parading around in front of the office to bring in customers. At one point... What, what part of you would be like, this is where I want my mouth played with? <laughs> Well, this seems great. It's like a circus. At one point, a tightrope walker dressed in pink walked back and forth on a cable strung out front. Okay, so it's not a dentist's office. It is. It's just. How do you pick a dentist? The, the, whoever has the most clowns. What about guys that were called human flies that would climb up at the front of the building with their bare hands and feet? Isn't that how you pick a dentist? I won't go to a dentist unless there's a guy hanging on the front of the uh, building. Excuse me, and how many flies do you have? Four? And do you take Alliance Insurance? Uh, he uh, <laughs> Human flies. Parker started franchising out. He opened up other clinics and hired other dentists. There were billboard ads, magazine ads, ads in newspapers, sandwich boards, and ads that he put on abandoned buildings. He called himself, <laughs> quote, the greatest all-around dentist in this world or the next. Or the next! <laughs> hey, why not? It worked. He was incredibly popular, and people mobbed his offices. But there were critics. People who said he was not dishing out decent dental care. Painless Parker responded, quote, Regardless of what the ethicals used to say about us, the materials and workmanship of what we produced was okay. Whoa, that's quite an endorsement from the man. (laughs) He couldn't even say great. Everything we did was just enough. This is just fine dentistry. Yep. Could be way worse. (laughs) And he was nowhere near done. He had to get money out of all those people who wouldn't come to his offices. He started medicine shows with performers on the street. There were actors, singers, acrobats, jugglers, magicians, musicians, and tap dancers. At times, there would be a couple dozen performers at one of his medicine shows at once. Oh, my God. But the key was the marching band. Wherever he went, (laughs) He'd have his marching band because when he started to pull the tooth, he'd tap his foot on the ground and the band would start playing to hide the patient's screams. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's effective. And he was still hitting the road. He'd roll into a town with a parade and all of his performers. Now, who wants me in your teeth? 
<laughs> Painless Parker would be in a top coat in a carriage. So the carriage was on top of a car and it looked like a big tube. So it almost like it looked like, like Mardi Gras was, was like coming to town. T- yes, basically. And instead he was there with like tools for your head. Uh, sometimes he'd throw coins at the spectators. Then they'd do a show, and at the end, he would give a lecture about caring for your teeth. It almost sounds like when the Joker went to downtown Gotham and threw the money out in the original <laughs> sure, Batman. It's a lot like that. Quote, my friends, I want to tell you that God hates a man who neglects his teeth. Oh, God, he's lost all compass. <laughs> I mean, truly. I'm here to tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear to come get, give me money. Finally, he'd perform a painless tooth extraction. Then he would sell away. Now, often the tooth extraction would be fake. Uh-huh. The first one, he would do it on a setup and right. he would have the tooth in his hand yeah. and right away and then people would laugh. Did that hurt? Let me know when it starts, doctor. Yeah, okay. Why, it's already over. It, oh. Uh, somewhere in the town, he would have prearranged a temporary office where he would start the yanking. In Poughkeepsie, New York, he pulled 357 teeth in one day. Oh, God. He was sure it was a record. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, except for maybe uh, when people did it at a, a at a battleground. Yeah, and were, except for like Kirby's. Waterloo yeah. or like, yeah. you know, other than that, yeah. Uh, Parker later made a necklace out of those 357 teeth, which he wore around. Um, did anybody feel troubled about his decision to wear a tooth necklace? Only Ed Gein. Uh, right. Ed Gein was like, pump the brakes, pal. You're starting to look crazy. <laughs> Good God. I mean, my nipple belt looks like nothing. <laughs> I mean, honestly. This wasn't a big jump uh, from what he was already doing. Parker, all this time, had kept all the teeth he pulled oh. in a bucket. Ah. Uh. Which he lugged around with him from town to oh, town. Oh, he's psychotic. <laughs> there were thousands of teeth in the Oh, bucket. God. Thousands of teeth. Oh, my God. <laughs> I showed it to my wife. You showed what? The buckets of teeth? Yeah, there's a picture. You can still, to this day, go see. I'm out. What do you mean? Whatever the rest of your statement is, I'm out. Um, I can't believe I'm about to see the bucket of teeth. Is that what's <laughs> happening? I think so. Well, let's just continue. Shielded from Jose's eyes. Uh, Jose, I would never do this to you. You're Don't so sweet. Don't spoil his little eyeballs. Okay, so he has a bucket of teeth. Yeah, which, which I remember. I'm show you right now. Oh, sweet God. It's nice. Oh, God. It uh, makes you like want to look at a dirty ashtray. That is so fucking gross. <laughs> Dude, that is just... Oh, my God. Oh, and now I'm seeing pictures of... Oh, my God, the tooth necklace. <laughs> Dude, these are not pretty teeth. Oh, they're horrible. Look at him with his necklace on. He's like, what's the problem? Do you guys think it's weird? Wow. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he, he wore, like, a big top hat and, like, a white... No, he definitely there. runs the mouth circus. Yeah, he's out of his fucking mind. Uh, of course... Much uh, like a terrible tooth, he's out of his mind. This all just greatly harmed his reputation for some reason. I can't tell why. The New York King's Denti- uh, County Dental Society called him a dentist gone bad. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like too hot for TV or girls gone wild. Dentist gone bad. But Painless Parker just loved it. He was a celebrity, and I'm pretty sure there's no such thing as bad press was first about him. 
So he was just getting huge. There were other dentists that went around from town to town doing this, but not he more popular. Was the guy that everybody he was the fucking That's guy. What they know. That's why, like, when like a company will make its number like eight 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 eight. That's exactly it's what like he is. The most common one. He's eight eight eight. Yeah, eight eight eight. He was now rolling around town with a seven and a half carat diamond ring, and a four and a half carat diamond tie stud with the necklace of teeth. All the teeth in the necklace had been yanked in that one day. When he was 34 years old, he decided it was time to leave New York City and make his way to California. When he headed to California, he had several million dollars, six railroad boxcars full of furniture, seven racehorses, a Model 15 Peerless automobile, which was the top-end car at the time. (laughs) He landed in San Francisco to set up shop, but the 1906 earthquake hit, so he went to Los Angeles. Pretty soon, he bought a shitty dentist's office in a bad part of L.A., now that he had the money, he went bigger with his advertising. Oh, I was just going to say, it sounded like he started too small. <laughs> he started hiring blimps. Wow. And airplanes with the banners on the back. Oh, my God. He put ads in uh, newspapers. One read, a drifter never gets to the headwaters of a stream. If I have been content to be a dental drifter, thousands would never have known painless Parker tooth comfort. <laughs> I, I Aggressive. I just kept reading his ads in old newspapers. And you were like, eventually you were like, what oh have any of these meant? He would, he would roll into a town and just do, like, write up a big article for himself in the paper. and Huh? As like a, it was just fucking crazy. <laughs> Other dentists loathed him and his methods and probably hated him because on top of that, he was famous. Yeah. The American Dental Association declared him, quote, a menace to the dignity of the profession. <laughs> Which he loved. He fucking loved. He was then hit with lawsuits for fraud and malpractice. Painless Parker claimed he never paid out a penny in damages. I mean, even that has alliteration to it. I I just wrote that. I just realized I did that. Yeah, okay. (laughs) You're you're infected with the Painless Parker. (laughs) Quote, I have been sued over 100 times and only appeared in court once. And he went on the offense against what he called the dental trust. So the dental trust are the old dentists, the ethical dentists. Right. The guys were looking at him going, Naysayers. Don't go around pulling H- people. Haters gonna hate. Okay. Haters gonna hate. They were trying to rein in his insane activities. And sometimes they had an effect. Painless Parker would occasionally try to leave his ways behind and work within known guidelines. He'd stop his public demonstrations but he just couldn't give it up. So as far as like what he as far as like the rules that he was breaking in their in their minds, it was he was too big of a showman, but was he was like he was capable of dentistry. He was like yes. removing teeth. It was yes. just that he He was actually a decent he was, dentist. He was a decent dentist. He was just maybe looking for profit over uh helping profit people. and celebrity. Right. Basically, this is the Drew Pinsky of and of uh, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he is competent. He's they competent. just are like, God damn this guy. Totally. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he couldn't give it up. He needed to be a showman. He needed to be in front of a crowd, like <laughs> most dentists. Sure, yeah. Mine's always like that. He'd start over again, buy a new car, put a dental platform on top, and cruise around the streets, pitching to the masses. Oh, my God. Then in 1913, he went completely over the top. <laughs> what? He bought a circus. Oh, God. Wait. Soon, animals... He's not... uh, uh, Okay, sorry. I heard the first word. Let's keep going. Soon, animals and acrobats were jumping through hoops in front of every office office he opened. 
When did they switch? When did they switch to magazines? And he opened a lot. At one time, he had 28 dental offices and 78 dentists working for him in California, Washington, Oregon, and what? Canada. He's like the McDonald's of what? I mean, the McDonald's. He bought a circus. He's, he's like the McDonald's of dentistry, but with lions. Who, <laughs> who would have ever thought dentistry in a circus? Oh God. You know, they're worried about my ethics. I'm going to bring uh, lions into the equation. How about a bear on a ball? Uh Uh-huh. Dental associations continued to try to take him down. They got politicians on their side. And in 1915, the California legislature passed a law forcing dentists to practice using their legal name. (laughs) Can you change your name legally? And they passed a law saying one could not make baseless claims or it was fraud. (laughs) Well, they're undercutting his whole business. (laughs) There was really no one else out there this law was for, only Painless Parker, who immediately changed his name legally to Painless Parker. There we go. There's your solution. Like, could not have fucked them more. Yeah. Like, they're totally fucked now. It's actually probably something he should have done a long time ago. A long time ago. But it took him four months to get the name changed. That was it. Now he wasn't committing fraud since it was his legal name. They also passed laws against street dentistry. Well, I think um, that was a long time coming I also. Think that's a little rough. <laughs> it would be so great if there was still street dentistry. Oh, just, my God. Just cruise, you're just walking down the street and a guy's pulling a guy's tooth. How you doing? Hey, man, I can get you next for 10. You uh, want 10? I take one actually, out. Actually, yeah, 10? yeah. I'd love to get my wisdom teeth right, removed right. right now on Five the street. Five minutes when I'm done with this guy. Perfect. That's awesome. Don't mind it. You got a napkin or something? No, but I don't care. Okay, good. I'm going to cha- I'm gonna shower anyway. Get that thing right out of there. Yeah, man. yeah. In Oakland, he countered an uh, anti-street dentistry law by proposing a law which would allow anyone to speak between the hours of 6 p.m. and 10.30 p.m., quote, Prime on, dentistry hours. On 9th, 10th, and 11th streets from Franklin to Clay Streets and on 15th Street from Washington to Jefferson without a permit. My guess is that that uh, correlates somehow to his business. I would assume so. I love how specific it is. Yeah, just there. Just those two blocks. So. He blamed the trust dentistry for making the law and said that his painless dentistry was as good as theirs. And he said the reason he could not lecture on the street was because the trust didn't want people learning anything about the dentistry that the trust didn't want them to know. Yeah. So they're like magicians. They don't want people learning the tricks. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, right. Painless Parker also said the mayor was wrong in claiming it was unsightly for him to pull teeth on the street. Well, the mayor's always been an asshole. (laughs) Uh, He said many had been watching him. Quote, I never heard people say they did not like to see anyone eat a rare beefsteak, but I have never heard of any mayor proposing to prohibit restaurants from serving beefsteak rare because it was unsightly. Wait. It's a rough one. I mean, that is a long... I mean, it was a rough analogy. I he mean... A, it was not a great comparison. He had a hard He's nothing time. without his peas. He had a hard time with that one. Yeah. Well, if the uh, uh, apparently the mayor is now outlawing... The salmon. Suddenly, but if you think about it, someone who's going to swim upstream is going to be a salmon. Thank you. If they're not careful. All right. The which leads is, me to mouths. The laws rescinded. Ah, fools. It's a lot like if the mayor tried to outlaw drinking water. Thank you. What? And then you got a pool installed. You got to drink. 
You can't outlaw peanut butter and jelly without there being a little bit of, of uh, without the teeth. Exactly. Teeth. Thank you. Hashtag teeth. In the end, Painless Parker's crime was bringing dentistry to the masses cheaply. Painless Parker found a new way to get PR in 1925 when he and three other yachts held a race from San Francisco to Tahiti. What? How? That was almost like a brogue uh, well, I just don't even like it's. That's one of those things where it's just like you would just do anything to get attention. It, but it just how 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 many nights of drunken talking <laughs> until you were finally like, are we doing the mouth regatta or not? We're going on a boat to an island in the Pacific. Let's go, <laughs> Okay, so the four yachts left on June twentieth, nineteen twenty-five. Painless was on. His boat, the Idalia. Tell me they had too much weight and he had to throw his necklace overboard. The Idalia made it to Tahiti and finished second. Okay. But things didn't go well after that. The crew just bailed and he had to find a new crew. Okay. Uh, he got four Tahitians, only one of whom ha- who had any experience on a boat. Well, in his defense, experience isn't necessarily something you no, need to rise to that, the top. This is a good point. A few days out from Hawaii, the ship's cook revealed... He had gone on a bender and forgot to buy more food when they were in the island. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. This is a devastating conversation we're having. <laughs> Anyone for tooth soup? Oh, fuck. So they started rationing instead of turning around, and this didn't make the Tahitians happy. The Tahitians plotted to throw Painless overboard and take the ship. Whoa, this is quite a turn. But Painless held them at gunpoint, locked up the leader, and forced the others to work. What? But they hit a storm, and the sails were torn up. They sat idle for 11 days because they couldn't get the auxiliary motor going because they had no gas because the cook hadn't bought... Because the cook got drunk once. More gas. And there was no wind, so they just sat there. They went 29 days without a full meal and were almost starving to death when a rescue ship found them and towed them to San Francisco. PR success! What? Uh, Panthers Parker kept up his dentistry for the masses all the way through the 1920s and 1930s, but the resistance was strong. Finally, they were able to suspend his license to practice in the state in 1929. He was not. I mean, right the year when you probably are going to need him most. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, He was not able to practice for five years in this state. Eventually, he came to be accepted and a bit respected. He died in 1952 at the age of 60. Besides making money, Parker always believed in bringing oral education and affordable dentistry to all people. He believed in bringing the dentist to the people cheaply. Uh, Much of what he championed, patient advocacy, increased access to dental care, and advertising has come to pass in the U.S., Parker's tooth necklace and bucket of teeth can be seen at the Dental Museum in the Hall of Nightmares of Temple of the Temple University School of Dentistry. Jesus Christ. It's just it just never ends. <laughs> it just never ends. He was like the lobotomy guy of He teeth. is the lobotomy guy of yeah. Yeah. Every country needs one. Well, we've got a lot. Yeah. We've overloaded. I'm scared. Um, all right. Great. Yeah? Great. You feel good? Good. Good, good. Teeth good. hurt. Teeth hurt. 
Um, we sign cars. Later. <laughs> Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.